Welcome back. (laughs) You're so shit. You're so shit. You always know I do this bit. (laughs) I thought you were starting hello. Welcome back to Manchester's... It's always been welcome back. Anyway, let's get on. The listeners want to hear the episode, not just you. Uh, Welcome back to Manchester's Big Big Theatre Podcast. Yeah. Today we are here on episode four of series two. So thank you for all the people who listened to Josh's episode. It was, I really liked it. I thought it was a really great episode. Obviously I was in it, so that was, I like it. <laughs> and now coming to this week's episode, it's a very exciting episode. We... You say it, you say it, you say it. <laughs> uh, we, this week, are releasing our episode that we recorded with Sarah Frankham who, as I'm sure you all are aware, is the artistic director at the Royal Exchange. And, um, I mean, I absolutely loved doing this interview with her. I thought she was really, really fantastic and actually really inspiring as well to be in a room with and hear all her her thoughts on on theatre and where everything's going. Um, And she was so supportive of the idea of doing the podcast. We we said, you know, thank you so much. She was one of the people we wanted to get on the podcast uh, when we started it up. And she's... She was very kind of humble about that, wasn't mm, she? And she, yeah, thought, she said um, she was very positive and said it was a great thing for Manchester, so that was really nice. Yeah, so uh, here's the episode and we hope you enjoy. Hi Sarah, thank you so much for talking to us today. Um, would you mind just telling us a bit about who you are and how you came to become the artistic director? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'll try and be really short. So uh, I'm... Uh, I came to Manchester quite a long time ago and I joined, I kind of came, didn't come as a director, I came to this theatre initially to um, run the literary department which is now the new work department um, and uh, I kind of, I suppose I guess overhauled all the new writing um, kind of policy and activity and that kind of started with the um, launch of the Bromwood Prize really and then Developed that for for a bit, but also start then got asked to direct some shows. Had some time away, came back as an associate, um, and then was asked to be an artistic associate artistic director. Uh, and then the kind of um, the way that the company was being led was changed, and I became the sole artistic director in uh, around twenty fourteen. So I'm in my just coming to the end of my fourth year. Um, so yeah, that's my journey. Before I came to Manchester, I trained as a drama teacher and mainly my practice was with uh, non-professionals and young people and in kind of communities. And we work with different kinds of communities and quite a lot of work in prisons and um, a lot of uh, sort of writer development work uh, and script reading. And do you find that a lot of that still influences what you do in the Royal Exchange? Um. Yeah, I do actually, increasingly more so because actually I kind of, there's a bit of me that really kind of um, still would rather be a a drama teacher. (laughs) Every time I go into a school, like we've just done this, we've got this young company thing um, on the Tempest on at um, Abraham Moss and I kind of walked in there uh, the other night and I just, that smell, you know, (laughs) and I kind of really, I don't know, I really believe in the power of... um, kind of creativity and kind of how you know any kind of creative expression can you know raise self-esteem and 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 often improve someone's kind of understanding of the choices that they have in their life and kind of life chances actually so 
I guess a lot of what I've tried to do with the programme here is blur the line between what the professionally produced programme is and an, an, an increasingly growing and innovative programme of work for young people, you know, work with elders. Um, really proud of our young company and our elders' company, which is about to launch a children's company. Um, and then all of the sort of artist-led work that we make with non-professionals in many, many different settings, in many, many different partnerships. And in a way, I suppose what I've tried to do is give that as equal kind of um, space in the programme and equal access to resources and be treated equally and equitably. Because I think that's really what a theatre of this size should should be doing. Um, and, and I guess in my kind of practice as a director, the things that... I sort of did, seem to do less new plays now. I kind of did do a lot of new plays. Um, I really love working with writers. I really love playwrights. I kind of that's and I really love dramaturging stuff. Um, so I suppose some of the skills that I've used working with playwrights and developing new plays, I've kind of applied now to plays that already exist. So I direct every play that's you know kind of. I look at it as a new play. Because I think that's how you, you have to think that there's a good part of your audience that don't know anything about the play and haven't seen the play before and don't know the context and they're they're coming to it as a fresh new piece of work. So I'm kind of I and I think kind of trying to understand what the writer intended is quite important, but also knowing kind of where to you know kind of jump off from that and kind of make something that exists and speaks to the now. Um, so yeah does that answer your question yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was very long-winded wasn't it that's brilliant and so how do you go about curating a season here um in many many ways I mean we have we, we commission a lot of work and increasingly our seasons are kind of are including more and more new work so that's having its kind of first showing here in Manchester and it's being made from made and being seen for the first time in Manchester um, we have a, we have a team, um, so which includes the producing team, the my associate artistic director, who's Bryony Shanahan now, and then um, we have another associate artistic director, Amit, who's on the Change Maker program from the Arts Council, um, and then some representatives from the Creative Learning team, and then the directors that are in training. Um, the, the the building does a doesn't does an awful lot around director training and development, um, and we we talk about a lot of plays and a lot of ideas and kind of test them and see whether we think they're relevant. So I suppose the questions we're continually asking up are, what does what what why why is this relevant to this city and to the communities of this city in this precise moment in time? And if we can find some 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 traction with that then we 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 think about it a bit further and we think about who are the artists we want to invite into the building um i'm increasingly thinking that kind of the ideas for our program shouldn't just sit in a room in this building they shouldn't be generated just from a room in this building it's kind of it's much more important that we um find what we want to make through often i think people who don't necessarily come here will see themselves as being uh part of our audiences actually um and communities that don't see themselves kind of as part of our audience and so i think it's sort of there's lots and lots of different ways that we curate and program 
And sometimes, kind of actually, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I am going to say this, sometimes it is just really important that um, an artist wants to make a piece of work and it's our role, I think, and our function to back that because it's going to be exciting. It feels exciting and it feels like it really needs to happen. And we get behind an idea and we we then support it with R&D. So we're doing a lot more R&D than we've ever done to kind of try things out. So at this, any given moment, there's something that's in development. So this week, there's um, Laura Mooney and uh, James Yateman who are developing really interesting piece of contemporary theatre that will sit at the end of next year, which sort of is, is kind of... Yeah, it's, it's kind of a response to Peter Lou, really. Um, but... And we've got in rehearsal something that's with Queen Margaret, which has been spent most of last year being R&D'd. Mm. So it's really important. We don't R&D anything without really believing that it could sit in on any of our platforms because we don't have that enough resource to be able to just do things for the sake of doing them. But it's also really important that we long on at the days where creative teams kind of know exactly what they're doing you know they need to play you know we need to, people need to play and need to develop ideas and that's so i think we're a bit more fit for purpose to do that how recently has that change happened do you think in the last four years properly yeah and because we obviously we spoke to matthew's ear as well and he talked a lot about things like um collab and obviously you've just had your collab festival and how do you see that developing still i mean obviously i know it's quite a recent I mean, I th- well, I mean, kind of, there's no... I don't think we do that. I don't think... That, the gesture of that is as much about, you know, not necessarily saying that the pieces of work as they are that come out of that are going to kind of end up as part of our main house programme. But I think it's about, you know, kind of... It's, it's recognising that we need to be... Um, you know kind of providing a, a really fertile place for the development of new ideas and, and, and next generation talent in order to be able to and they need access to mm. all of the things that we give you know kind of mid-career artists and that actually kind of in five years time you will see some of those people mm. you know that you should do it's not worked if you don't you if, and, and and I don't necessarily mean in this building you know I think kind of now I think the brilliant thing about Manchester is that it's I think we're in a period of time now where it's there's no 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 one venue should have an ownership over an artist and the artists like will really flourish and grow when they can get different bits from different organizations Mm. and you know and that that's and that's a really that's a brilliant thing about Manchester which doesn't really exist in other cities in quite the same way Mm. um so, you know, kind of maybe some of that work, you know, if some of that work ends up elsewhere, fantastic. Um, but I would really hope that some of that work in some form or some of those people will end up having, um, being, being, a, being, a, being, a more, being in a more evolved state and part of our programme. And you also do a lot of collaborations with other theatre companies like Grey Eye and Tallowern. Can you talk a little bit about those? Well, I think it's kind of, I think... I think the purpose of these buildings is kind of kind of more it's it's a bit clearer now I think uh how important it is for a building and organization like the Royal Exchange we get a fuck of a lot of money maybe take that bit. 
But we get a lot of money. We, we do get an awful lot of money, uh, public money. And that. so our responsibility towards the sector and to do what we can to, you know, kind of address representation both within the plays and the work that we produce and in the workforce and in kind of talent development and training and artist development is really, really critical. And I think, you know, we're still, you know, very behind on all sorts of things. We've maybe changed maybe changed some of the work on stage a bit, but there's still t- so far to go. It's like, it's, it's so, so far. But actually one of the best ways that I could think of for us to kind of really... Um, be challenged in a proper way is to uh, make relationships with companies who you know kind of are making fantastic work and working with them bringing on brilliant artists but actually kind of having a more formalized kind of dialogue with them and going okay so we know what we do really well which is help artists make their work so if we helped if you know kind of it wouldn't it be come and come and make work at scale actually for us and then you know kind of but 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 help us get better, mm-hmm. and I think that's been really I think that's been really um, has been a really brilliant journey so far, and it's it's not only resulted in in some really really exciting work, but also it has changed our practice. It's really changed how we how we how we. I think we are a, we're a lot clearer about where we need to get better, and I think we're also it's allowed us to understand that some things. There's some recognition that we're doing some things quite, you know, reasonably well now. Not that we're resting on our laurels, but that, and it's important because it's important to track change. And the BSL interpretation is one of those things, isn't it? With Grey Eye, that in their production last year that they did, it um, you had obviously BSL interpretation captions, but then it seems to seems hypocritical to not take that over yeah. the whole program which yeah. is what you've done yeah. isn't it yeah. and even collab that you're talking about had uh, yeah. everything was captioned or yeah. bsl yeah. interpreted wasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah and i and i think that's kind of you know yeah i mean it's those sort of uh, it's those it's those often it, it often i think change in a big organization like this is like you kind of if you do something once it's the biggest thing is like that you make sure you continue to do it and sometimes that's about, you know, you kind of, if you're going to do something once and once only, you might as well not do it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like, it's about going, well, what's the thing that we, so we knew that we, we wanted to kind of ramp that up and take it through all the work. Um, but we also kind of knew that there was a big, um, there was a bigger question about actually interpretation, live interpretation on stage, which had never happened here, mm-hmm. ever. And sort of in a way, that was the thing that we needed to crack first. And there were lots of like, oh, no, we don't do it because, because, because. I'm like, why? I don't know why we don't do it. I, I, I can't answer that question anymore. And actually, I kind of think the thing that's been really interesting is that it's given, it, it's having Amit here has also, it's, it's shown us the creative possibilities. So it's become a creative thing rather than an access thing. And that's the difference. Mm. Yeah, and that's Amit that came from uh, Grey Eye. Yeah. And is, He's uh, our uh, change maker, yeah. And how do you find, obviously as artistic director, it's not just creativity, there's also a lot of business things that you have to take into account. How do you find working creative, creatively and then sort of flipping that on its head? And do they complement each other? Do you kind of have a lot of dilemmas? Um, gosh, that's a really <laughs> good question. 
Well, th- I mean, I should be really clear. Like the, this theatre is led by um, um, it's, an, it's a joint leadership between an artistic director, a partnership between an artistic director and an executive director, and we're between executive directors at the moment. Although we have someone interiming for us, um, and with a new executive director who'll be starting with us next year, early next year. Um, so I don't do like God, heaven forbid, that I would be in charge of like the you know the budgets and the balance sheets and all of that sort of stuff really because i don't i'm not very good with money um but i think i think the things about my job which aren't being actually which aren't programming and aren't um working in rehearsal because i'm I, you know i do make a fair bit of work um i think i think the bit of my job which i love i love as much as being in the rehearsal room myself is the um kind of the the overseeing of the work of other artists i love seeing something that's been literally been in this office and has just been an idea kind of arriving in front of an audience kind of you know 18 months later and it's a real privilege to be kind of on the journey of something in kind of from the rehearsal room run through to through previews to its press night and to have been like on the inside of it and to sometimes kind of steady people's nerves and sometimes to actually I actually push people to kind of, you know, make changes. Um, but, you know, you're working with people who are like amazing, you know, amazing artists, but also people who are at their most vulnerable and um, and very tired often. And I kind of really, and, and you know, as someone that goes through that process myself, it's really exciting because you have none of the, you have none of the anxiety but you have all of the excitement of seeing something. Do you know what I mean? And I, 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 and I, I also really like working with young artists, young actors. That's the, you know, kind of that's my most favourite bit ever. Is 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 early career actors and training actors actually. Um, I don't know. I don't do nearly as much with young actors now. But I, so I think there are kind of there are the bits of the the bits of the role that I find really. Um, more challenging are how how we use our money to the best possible ends to create art and support artists and sometimes with a building you know buildings are buildings are really difficult because and I really believe in buildings but they can be quite expensive and sometimes in order for us to keep open you know, it means that we can't do something else. And that's the bit that I find really hard because I just go, okay, do we really need a lift? Yeah, I suppose we do need a lift, don't we? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that where I kind of, I'm I'm a bit, I'm quite, yeah, I'm quite maverick. I'm quite opinionated and I'm quite like, okay, let's, you know, like it, it should, it should all go to the creation of art really is in my view. But mm. um, so that I struggle with a bit. Mm. I really like the way you talk about how nurturing this place is and how actually inspiring it is for because you're definitely such a massive part of Manchester and such a centre for creativity. And do you really feel like in your time here that you've seen, because I know you talk about how you hate the word regional, and do you feel like now you're getting the respect that you deserve up in Manchester and really putting the Royal Exchange on the map of UK theatre? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I'm a bit boring because I've never really I've, I've only ever really done what I've believed in and I, I got I, and I I've only really I it's the work that has been the most important thing to me and audiences mm. and I think 
the thing that I feel the most proud of is that Manchester audiences and the audiences in this theatre and the, the program has changed a lot in the last five years that they've they've backed it they've backed some of the things so like when Max and I did Hamlet which everybody you know in time before we've been told like nobody will really want to come and see that you know like the Manchester audience like you know bought their tickets and sold it out before it opened and that was like to know that there was a desire of in Manchester to see that as a piece of work is like so that's such an exciting thing it's a big responsibility but it's such an exciting thing and that wouldn't happen in another in 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 a city it wouldn't happen quite like that in London so I suppose I think I think I think I feel proud of the fact that the Royal Exchange is maybe a bit more of a permeable kind of um, institution that we're not... I think we had a bit of a reputation for being quite elitist and quite difficult to understand how you got in. I think that's changed quite a, quite a lot, I hope. Uh, and that there are opportunities and we're more transparent about the opportunities um, and that we believe in it. And that I think the programme has also been me trying to go particularly with directors, that you can come and direct a main house play without having ever worked in this theatre before, which it wasn't didn't used to be the case, but also you don't need to have done... You don't have to have gone a long way along a kind of career path in order to be able to do it, and that we need to get more directors who are in their late 20s, early 30s making main house work and, and drawing on kind of their practice, because that's the future, and I sort of feel really proud about that. I think in terms of Manchester... I think Manchester's kind of the, the the ecology in Manchester and the way that the producing theatres are working with each other and the way that uh, the kind of fringe has developed actually in the last five, six years and new venues coming online and the success of Hope Mill and, you know, all of that. I think it... And, and way more people are staying. Mm. So now... And I think the thing that excites me is that I'm not really very interested in London. I think I think London. I mean, London's great, but I kind of think I can, I can, I can get a sense of the future of UK theatre here in this city if I go to certain places and see certain kinds of work. I can see great touring work. I can see very well curated, small and middle scale touring work by independent artists. I can see quite a lot of international work. I can see great dance. I can. It's everything is here, and I think what people is what's starting to happen is that makers are, and people that are coming through training are going. Actually, I can actually live here, and I can. There is a. There is. That's possible to have a career here and to support myself in a way here, and actually, most importantly, there's a community of theatre makers here. And there's a peer group of support and people are... And I think that's the thing that has been has really changed and I think, you know, it's getting bigger all the time. And But there's something really special about it. Um, and it's like, you know, I kind of was talking... Um, I think about kind of people like, like Julie Hesmond-Halge and, and Max, actually, who've made that very conscious decision to stay here and make things happen here. And I think, you know, Manchester is still somewhere where you can make things happen and anything's possible. And I think as we kind of 
the thing that I would hope now is that actually more people feel that they can come and ask for stuff and that this isn't this isn't this is certainly not my theatre it's certainly not the people that work here's theatre it's Manchester's theatre and so it should be Manchester it's Manchester artists theatre and you know it's really worth asking for anything I mean we might not be able to make it happen you know you can't but it's really worth asking and that we're in we're in an era of asking and seeing what we can make happen as a city actually because it's the thing that's going to grow the audience and it's the thing that's going to make keep continue to make us distinctive i actually emailed when we had a live podcast recording i emailed grace the artist development person to pass on some questions to the sound department um, which replied and gave us a really useful long list of all the things I should have done. Uh, um, but that would never have happened, actually, probably without the open exchange. Um, yeah, that was, I think that was... I think it's like it's recognising that these one of the things that a building like this has is skills mm. and, and stuff. Yeah. We have so much fucking stuff, you know? And it... And it's not that we use a lot of that, we use a lot of those things, but sometimes we don't. It's really, I always really love it when I see our things appear in places. Kind of when I see lights going out of the building, you know, I think it's really, I think that's really important. Mm. That was one in in our episode with Hope Mill, that's one of the things they said. The first thing they had was some lights from the Royal Exchange when they started up. Well, I think that's really important, you know, it's like, and and, and it should happen more, really, Mm. I think. Um, And with uh with the work that you create here there's a lot of classical work and there's also a lot of new stuff and because it's all in the same building do you think that and also the new like adaptations of classical work do you think it's really allowing audiences to transfer between the two who maybe wouldn't have been interested in you writing do you see a lot of mixing up yeah Yeah. um i think the line between i mean i would i i think that we're trying to live by the you do a new play like it's a classical play and you do a classical play like it's a new play Mm -hmm. and that essentially you know kind of our audience now is a wide range of different kinds of people Mm -hmm. from different parts of the city with different life experiences with different um, journeys in theatre some of whom are seeing it for the first time some of whom have been coming here for the last 40 years whatever and anything in between that from like the age of kind of five to 95. So I think what I think what I would I've come to appreciate is that actually really everything exists for the first time, whether it's been performed in other places a lot or is really existing for the first time for 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 our audience. And actually, I think there's no I think it's really interesting that Five years ago, there are certain the classic the plays from the existing repertoire and the classical repertoire. More people would come to those than to new work. But this year, fifty-three thousand people have seen new plays, new work here, and actually, kind of the new plays have outperformed quite significantly. And I, I think that tells us something really exciting about our Manchester audience. That you know, and it's. You know, it's, it, it's we've got there have been certain factors in those new pieces of work, but it's nevertheless people are actually kind of coming to the theatre to see something that they don't know anything about, really, by 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 created by artists that they don't know anything about, and they're kind of, and I always cite the the bit of the kind of like the watershed moment for me was 
we've done a pr- program of work called You the Audience, um, which is kind of trying. We, we've we've sort of tried to reframe our kind of relationship with the audience a bit through kind of actually creating forums to uh, for them to tell us uh, what they feel about us and what they what they might want and how they how they. Um, what they understand, what they get from the work that we make, and how we how we could get better. So it's a bit more equitable, I guess. Um, in one of those groups, I got um, a very passionate eighty-something-year-old lady said, "I've been coming here, Sarah. I've been coming here for a really long time, and I don't come to the Royal Exchange to see the things that I know. I come to see the things that I don't." So I've used that. I kind of like it's what everybody's very bored with me saying it now, but I've used that as like, is this piece of work that we're thinking about programming it? Does it, does it tell us anything new? Does it show us something in a new way? Is it a reframing, a retelling of a story that we already know that's telling it in a different way? Is it, is it, is it allowing us to look at uh, our history in a different way? Is it, is it reframing something? Because if it's doing those things, then it's a new piece of work, and kind of and and whether the you know what the role of the what the role of the you know we're now generating work in many different ways, whether that's devising process with a dramaturg and a writer in the room, or whether it's a playwright you know sitting in an office and coming up with a play and sending it in, whatever. But it's like I think the I think the work is coming from different processes. But it's, it feels like the balance of what we're doing is increasingly much more new and original. And I think that's very, I think that's very, that's how it should be. But it's not how it, it's not certainly not what it was like 10 years ago here. Uh, so coming to you as a director, how do you work in a rehearsal room? Mm. Um, how do I work in a rehearsal room? I think I try to treat everything um, like um, I do two things. I try to go into something and go, actually, this is going to be the last thing that you ever make as a director. And so if people look at it, they can see everything. They can see all of your values and your practice and your imagination in what you do, what, what, what what you create. So it kind of... It kind of just sharpens me up because I think the, the worst thing when you make quite a lot of work is that you can you have to put yourself kind of into a position of kind of vulnerability and terror to do anything, and that's really exhausting. And sometimes you kind of oh my god, can I do that again? But you have to because I can't. I, I have to because I can't be creative. And the, just the very thought that I might be the last thing that I make makes me kind of like really. Uh, push myself um i think um i like to i i'm a i love working with actors i like to make it in the room so i think my process is all about asking questions i don't have anything in my head i try to be really open to what we can make together um i think i uh i also i also think it's really important that um, a room is about um, that everybody has an equal contribution to to make, and that actually the people with the least experience professionally are often the people that have the most to offer. But sometimes you have to make a room where it feels like there's no there's there's no hierarchy to do with experience. I think I would like to think that as a director, that I'm, you know, at the end of the day, your role is to make some decisions and. Um, 
it is to kind of sometimes make the difficult decisions and you have to be able to you know you're pulling something together so I try to um yeah I I but I try to leave things as open for as long as possible because I really believe that you can only you can only make what you're going to make with the people that arrive on the first day of rehearsals. Um, I really love previews. I remake a lot of my shows in previews, and I'm kind of think, although it's really hard, the way to make take risks is to like it's not it's not good enough to just be satisfied with something. You need to sometimes when it's really 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 difficult, it's like you have to kind of dismantle something and put it back together again mm-hmm. and uh and now i i guess as well i kind of i work in quite a concentrated way i like i like to give kind of um actors tasks to do and i also really really love my creative team so like i kind of the dramaturgy of the production is often something that is kind of created and curated equally by the lighting designer the designer and the director so that we're all making the same thing they're not that they don't come in and kind of work to what i've done it's genuinely a collaboration is there any people's work that have really inspired your practice and influenced you yeah yeah uh pina bausch i love pina bausch just like everything about pina bausch Mm um i guess um a playwright called Robert Holman. When I was a very young director, I did one of his plays in a drama school and I invited him in to talk to my um, my students. And he he did that thing, which is a kind of incredibly generous thing of kind of going, actually, I think what you're doing is really interesting. You're, you're, you're doing something here that's proper. And for a little period of time, we became quite good friends and we used to go and see, see things together. And it kind of, and I, his writing has told, taught me an awful lot about about people, about life, but also about how to work with actors. Um, I've been, I, I think I'm, I'm also kind of, I'm inspired by actors. So kind of, obviously, I've had a very long creative collaborate, creative collaboration with Maxine, and and that's is absolutely because actually I'm. I'm inspired by what she does, actually, you know, what she does in live performance. So, and that's a wonderful thing. It's very quite unusual thing in the in theatre to work with the same performer so much. But actually, it's about it's a it, it's 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 bigger than it's become a bigger thing. It's become about what do we want to put out in the world and kind of where, you know, it's a, it's a conversation that we can have with audiences now about kind of some of the things that we've... Um, so I, I find that that inspires me. Um, and I think I really... The thing that I get where I kind of go to get more inspiration from it actually is um, I really I, I really love music. Mm. I actually really like going to see gigs and kind of I really like... Um, I really like live music. So... And I, really, and I really like going to see exhibitions. So I find my... So, like something like Cornelia Parker or um, Gerhard Richter, the German artist Gerhard Richter, I get more inspiration from other um, art forms. Um, and 
I'm fine. I think actually the other thing that has it kind of has has really started to inspire me a lot is like who who are we making the work for? And in order to understand a bit more about who we're making the work for, so I kind of I really inspired by our audience and some of the things that they kind of bring to it and some of the people that are sitting in the room that you know. But also I'm really inspired by we have this amazing young company. I find them I'm really inspired by them, but I'm also amazingly inspired by the company of elders because there's something about... I get inspired by seeing sort of people who would describe themselves as quite ordinary doing kind of quite extraordinary things. And I think they're, they're real, you know, it's real. They're real people, and there's kind of... And there's nothing more inspiring than seeing real people um, surprise you. And I think that's sort of something we forget about a bit in theatre, actually. And I think in the same way, the audience can really surprise you. We've said, spoken a lot about how it, you've changed the theatre in the last four years. In the next f- four years, or five years for a round number, where, where ideally would you see the theatre? Um, I think the theatre will be... Well, I know the theatre will be way more making more work and working in a more meaningful way outside of the building and moving you know kind of working on a residency model in and around greater manchester i think that's really important for us to be not just present here we need to we we need to um we need to find different ways of engaging different audiences actually and a kind of it's not enough for us just to be here um i think um yeah i'm sort of i'm i i i get kind of like i i guess to answer your question kind of in a slightly glib way, but it's not supposed to be glib, it's not meant to be glib, I would say that the programme has got some things in it that you would never, ever think that this building would either want to do, be able to bring off, um, or um, we would be allowed to do. That's what I would say, because I think it's kind of we need to... It's really important that you, you don't come out the same rabbit hole twice you have to keep you have to keep reinventing and you have to keep challenging yourself so you know the program needs to keep evolving so I don't know what it is but I know that it needs to be things that we haven't done before brilliant well thank you so much for talking to us today absolute pleasure keep doing them you must keep doing (laughs) them Thank you for that episode, Sophie. Um, no problem. With little interruptions by me. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll reflect on that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a brilliant episode. I'm so, um, uh, yeah, I'm so happy we got to interview her. She was very inspiring, wasn't she? Yeah, completely. I really enjoyed talking to her about, um, you know, the whole thing of new work, she said, is actually really soaring their, their audience numbers and... Which is really exciting for such a big traditional theatre to suddenly actually be really changing their audiences in a good way, not and but also still allowing those old audience members to still be there and be part of it. And there's a real f- difficult financial balance, isn't there? That you know uh, that is interesting. But I think she's brought in some real positive changes. I think it's a really exciting place, uh, the Royal Exchange now. Uh, yeah, and also that she is also thinking about throwing it all in and becoming a drama teacher again. Luckiest school ever. You had a question, Sophie, that you wanted to ask, didn't you? Yeah, just as we were walking out the room, I remembered another question that I wanted to ask, which was, um, I wanted to talk to her about 
being a woman in the industry and how she's found it being quite high up as a woman in the industry and like how that's worked basically so I forgot to ask it so we shall just have to interview her again won't we which is what we said and um, then she said uh, here's the door (laughs) (laughs) she didn't she didn't guarantee an interview for series 3 but that's fine that's fine it's fine Uh, yes it's a great episode yeah really uh, well let's let the listeners decide that Sophie but yes uh, so thank you so much if you've listened to um, these episodes this season we've got three more episodes coming to you so um, stay tuned keep sharing keep commenting so next week we have uh, the loveliest human in the world I went and had a breakfast with Alice Longson who's the technical manager at Hope Mill Theatre and also a stage manager and does freelance work as well um, and I went to her house and she made me a massive, massive vat of coffee and we discussed everything theatre. So you'll have to stay tuned. That will be released next Friday. And hopefully this, hopefully this series is continuing, giving you a kind of look at all different elements of theatre in Manchester, which is one of the aims of the podcast, um, which is kind of people maybe right at the upper echelons of the Manchester theatre scene and also people, um, I was going to say at the bottom, but that's not what I mean, uh, <laughs> no, but emerging uh, or people that you don't get to hear about necessarily hopefully some of the guests we've had on are people that maybe are a little bit more behind the scenes but are still really interesting they're actually been some of my favorite episodes so we'll see you next week bye 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 from the big podcast bye see ya